As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another Friday episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General, hitting the record button just as the last few presses are finishing up on Friday afternoon. This week's FPL deadline is 11am UK time on Saturday, 90 minutes before West Ham versus Chelsea kicks off. It's a double game week for the league's top two, Arsenal and Manchester City, so those two teams dominate the questions this Friday. On today's episode, I'll summarise the team news, answer 10 questions from Twitter, discuss captaincy and talk you through my latest transfer thoughts for the weekend. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. The team news ahead of the weekend's action. First up, it's Arsenal. Arteta had some comments on Gabriel Jesus. He said, Jesus is doing really well. He's already been outside a little bit. He's in the early stages. We need to respect some timelines and some processes, but he's doing really well. Arteta was then asked for a timeline on his return to the pitch, and he said, no, not yet. It's still too far off. So if you have Nketiah, or you're thinking of buying Nketiah, I think he remains a very good pick, and I don't think you need to worry about Jesus just yet. Couple of teams where there was no updates at the time of recording: Aston Villa, Bournemouth, and Brentford. So go have a look at Ben Dennery's timeline later for an update on those teams if they impact your transfer decisions this game week. At Brighton, McAllister is back and will play tomorrow, according to Deserby. He also said Veltman will play tomorrow. If only all of these managers were as clear as Bielsa was when he was at Leeds. It's very handy for us. And he also said. Ferguson is available, but I have a decision to make between Ferguson and Dennis Undav. So we're probably going to see one or the other in the starting eleven. At Chelsea, Fafana, Kovacic and Zakaria have all returned to training, but Game Week 23 might come too soon for those players. And Sterling is a doubt, having picked up a kick in training. And in attack, Joe Felix is available following his suspension. 
At Crystal Palace, James MacArthur is available for following a long layoff, but Wilfred Zaha is set to miss out again. At Everton, Sean Dyche is back, and what he used to always say when he was Burnley manager on a Friday was certain players were touch and go. I remember Charlie Taylor was touch and go for about six months, and he's back with a bang. He says Calvert-Lewin is touch and go at best for the weekend. Nathan Patterson was pictured on the grass this week, so hopefully those of us who have him, he might be available by the time Gimme 25 rolls around in a week where we'll need as many players as possible. At Fulham, Tom Kearney is ruled out, but Harrison is fine. At Leeds, Pascal Stroik is ruled out with concussion. Cooper and Rocca will be assessed and Sinistera should be okay after limping off midweek. Leicester City indeed should be ready and Pereira and Bertrand are closing in on return to action after their long layoffs. At Liverpool, Jota is in contention having trained for the past two days so he's the closest to returning of those who've been out for a while. Firmino remains a doubt. Van Dijk is not that close to return. Fabinho is expected to return following illness, but Thiago has some problems. He was not able to train, according to Jurgen Klopp. No player updates, fitness updates from Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. At Manchester United, Casemiro remains suspended. And we don't expect to see Martial, Anthony or McTominay. They're expected to miss out again. And Wan-Bissaka will be checked following illness. At Newcastle... Isaac is available following his concussion, but Bruno Gomares remains out through suspension. At Nottingham Forest, nothing new there. Southampton, Walker Peters and Stuart Armstrong are doubtful. At Tottenham, big blow goalkeeper Lloris is out for five to seven weeks, so Fraser Forster will come in and deputise. He's just 3.9 million in FPL. Basuma is having surgery today for a stress fracture to his ankle. And Romero is suspended following his red card. Nothing new at West Ham. And finally at Wolves, Neto, who's been out for a long time, has a chance of being back in the squad. Huang is out for four to five weeks and Lamina will be checked. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. On to the question section of the podcast now. I'll try to get through this as quickly as possible. Question from Gavin Riley. What are your thoughts on waiting for a Haaland double game week potentially later in the season when they may have two home games for triple captain? Or has his more recent form given reason to look elsewhere? So those of you who still have the triple captainship, I was very much of the opinion on last week's episode, you either use it on Rashford for game week 22 or you use it for Haaland in game week 23. And my thoughts haven't changed on that too much. Yes, Haaland didn't have a shot against Tottenham, but I do like this home fixture against Aston Villa. And then it's Arsenal in the second game of the double where you're hoping he gets something as well. So overall, I think triple captainship is overvalued. It's overrated. 
And I like the idea of just getting it out of the way so you can use, you can focus on your other chips for the other double game weeks later. For example, if I look ahead to double game week 29, looks to be a fairly decent sized double game week. Man City could have a double game week against Liverpool and West Ham, but you might want to use you know, a bench boost or a free hit that week. So I do like the idea of just getting the triple captainship out of the way this week on Haaland. Whatever it scores, it scores. And then you're not shackled by it later in the season. Question from Nathan Jacobson. Is it worth taking a punt on Saka or another Arsenal captain this week? He's on penalties and he's got two home fixtures. Yeah, I think the Arsenal guys are perfectly viable captaincy candidates this week. Saka for me is the standout when it comes to Arsenal. Odegaard's a very good option as well. I do have slight concerns about Martinelli's minutes like a lot of people do. Nketi is probably a fine captaincy candidate for Brentford at home and also Man City at home. But again, when it's Haaland's, given how good he is, given what he's done so far this season, I find it very hard to look past him. So Erling Haaland will be my captain. But if you fancy an Arsenal asset to outscore him, I think I wouldn't stop anyone from putting the armband on an Arsenal attacker. Question from Dominic Hurst. Triple Arsenal, what's best? Should we go all three up front or one defender and two attackers? The lack of decent Game Week 25 defenders makes me go towards the latter. So what Dominic's talking about there, Game Week 25, we don't have Newcastle and we don't have Manchester United. A lot of us have double Newcastle defence, some will have triple. People have Luke Shaw, some people have maybe a Martinez. So we're short of defenders, most managers, for Game Week 25, which makes keeping a Ben White or getting a Gabriel attractive. So I do like that. I probably do slightly favour, with Game Week 25 in mind, one Arsenal defender and two attackers. So if it's a clean slate, I'd probably go on Gabriel for security of starts and most attacking threat. And then you're going Saka and Odegaard as the two best attacking options. But there's plenty of good ones. And Kerry is still a good option there as well. So I think you can go one defender, two attackers. If you're not too badly set up for Gaming 25 in terms of defenders, or you're happy to play just two defenders that week, which I think will be a common theme, then I still like the triple up with Enketia in there as well. So probably Gabriel, Saka, Odegaard, or else Saka, Odegaard, Enketia would be my ideal triple ups there. Question from Mark Jobling. What does Odegaard offer over Saka? I like this question. So I went and had a look at both players just on the FPL website. I didn't go delving into stats or anything like that. So just the basics in terms of Odegaard versus Saka... Number one, the cash saving, it's significant. It's you know, some people this week will be deciding to go for Odegaard or Saka. I think the ideal scenario is you have both of them, but if you can only get one, which one do you go for? So Odegaard offers the cash saving of 1.3 million. He's also scored more FPL points this season. Bonus points, I think, is a big one. Even though Odegaard's cheaper, he's got 18 bonus points. Saka's got nine. But then how much weight do you put on penalties? Because Saka's got those. So, like I said, both options are great get both if you can if you can only get one it might come down to budget if you can't afford Saka you happily just go and get Odegaard keep in mind what you might want to do in the future for example give me 25 I think the next question relates to that so we'll just jump into that one but from bad contract dog I don't know how people come up with these Twitter names I'll never understand I think it's got to the point where I think people are just making up the most bizarre Twitter names now to see if if I'll read them out with their FPL question so bad contract dog asks now that Martinelli is a minutes risk is it worthwhile to do a hit for Odegaard or Saka and do you go Odegaard if it leaves you enough 
for Bruno to Salah in the future. So this is a good point related to the previous question. If you're deciding between Odegaard and Saka this week, you might want to look ahead to 25. Liverpool now have a double game week in 25. It, things change quickly in FPL. Salah's been very, very disappointing. But if Liverpool look anyway decent, and Salah looks anyway decent in the next two game weeks, everyone's going to flock to Salah for his double in game week 25. So with that in mind, you might want to go Odegaard over Saka, just so you've got enough cash to go for something like Bruno or Kevin De Bruyne to a Salah later. So do keep future transfers in mind when you're trying to decide between Odegaard versus Saka. If you take everything out of the scenario and cash is not an issue and you're not thinking too far ahead, I still like Saka more as an FPL asset. I just think he's more of a goal threat and I do value the penalties quite highly. But again, once I make my transfers tonight, I'm probably going to be a happy owner of both players. Question from FPL Inzaghi. What are your thoughts on moving Ben White to a defender who doubles in 25, for example, Trent, so I can get Odegaard in to replace Bruno Fernandes this week? Essentially, how viable is it to remove an Arsenal defender to triple up on their attack for a minus four? So overall, I'm not overly keen on losing Ben White. I'm seeing a lot of people this week going Ben White to Gabriel, which I think is fine for a free transfer, but I've seen an awful lot of people considering Ben White to Gabriel for a minus four. And I don't know if that's the best use of a transfer. I'd rather use it elsewhere in my squad, probably in midfield. White... I can understand people are getting slightly concerned. He got the half-time substitution against Manchester United, but he was on a yellow card and he was up against a, a red-hot Rashford. He got a 59th-minute substitution a couple of weeks ago, as we mentioned on this podcast. But I'm a white owner and I'm not really... I don't have any interest in selling him. I'm, I think people are overthinking this one a wee bit and maybe this might come back to bite me, but I've got no concerns about Ben White starting these games in the double game week. And I also quite like the idea if he, that he comes off early. Obviously, as long as he gets past the 60-minute mark. If you look back on his minutes this season, there's an awful lot of substitutions between 70 minutes and 80 minutes. And I quite like that. It's uh, Obviously, the chances are quite small, but he can be he can be a differential in a way against other managers who have Gabriel, Saliba, Zinchenko, Ramsdale, because if Arsenal did concede one goal in the last 10 minutes you know, to wipe out the clean sheet. You're hoping Ben White's already sitting on the bench having a look as aid and he's got his clean sheet points wrapped up. So, yeah, I'm I'm higher on Ben White than other managers are, but it's obviously a situation I will monitor closely over the next couple of game weeks. I wouldn't be overly keen on selling Ben White for a hit. Um, certainly not for a Trent. I think Trent could be an option in game week 25, but I don't think you need to go there until then, I think the same goes for most Liverpool assets. You can probably wait until 25, have a watch and brief the next two games, and then decide which of them are worth it. So, back to the question Would I lose Ben White for a minus four to get an Odegaard for Bruno Fernandes? Probably not. I'm probably going to sell Bruno for Kevin De Bruyne tonight, but would I take a minus four? to lose Bruno to get Odegaard by losing Ben White? I don't think so. To me, that feels like you're kind of forcing Odegaard in when Bruno's fine to keep and Ben White is also fine to keep. On Salah, the double game week for Liverpool in 25 is Crystal Palace and Wolves. After that, they've got Manchester United in 26. They've got Bournemouth in 27. And they might play Fulham at home in 28. That depends on cup results. So we're hoping if we do end up going to Salah 25, we're hoping we, he does well and we can hold him right through. And then it's a likely double game meeting 29 for Liverpool as well. So go and have a look at Ben Crellum's fixture ticker 
in, in particular with Liverpool's schedule. And hopefully, FPL-wise, they can improve in the next two game weeks and we can confidently buy their assets. Question from MTM Ryan. What are your thoughts on a Grealish punt as a differential through game week 25? He's got good fixtures. He's got low ownership. He's cheaper than Mares, and it would be a free transfer. I do feel like Grealish is being overlooked in the FPL community. All the talk is about Haaland, De Bruyne, City Defenders, Ederson. Mares is in the conversation, and Grealish doesn't come up very often, at least in the stuff I'm following and the stuff I'm listening to. So I had a quick look at it. The price is Mahrez 7.7, Grealish is 6.8. So I think both players are a gamble. So if you're gambling, maybe you gamble on the cheaper asset. Grealish has got 90 minutes in the last three games, which is positive. Um, in terms of uh, attacking returns this season, Mahrez four goals, five assists. Grealish is on two goals, four assists. So there is a bit of a difference there. But I do think if you're considering someone like Mahrez, you should definitely weigh up Grealish as well today or tomorrow morning, maybe do a comparison between the two, see what you know the one million cash saving might do for you in the future and stuff like that. So yeah, I think Grealish should be in our thoughts more than he is. Question from Cheeto Chip: Is Lewis at Manchester City worth consideration for the double and following fixtures? Can't afford Ake or a Kanji. So yeah, if you are taking a risk with buying a Man City defender for the next couple of game weeks. I do think Aki or Akanji is the way to go. I don't think any Man City defender is nailed on and safe to play every game. They've got a lot of travelling to do over the next four or five game weeks when you take Champions League into consideration as well. And they've got lots of away matches. So Lewis at 3.9. Again, it's a bit like the Grealish versus Mahrez situation. If you're taking a gamble on a City defender, maybe just gamble on the cheapest one, which is Lewis at 3.9. So I think Lewis is absolutely fine. But if you do have the cash, I would go for an Aki or an Akanji instead. Question from FPL Springbok. Who can we get from Wolves and Everton to cover us until game week 29? So yeah, Wolves and Everton are quite attractive because they don't have the blank game weeks. Both teams, it would be defensive assets I would be looking at. I'm not overly keen on either team for midfielders or forwards. So at Everton, Pickford becomes attractive because we know how good Nick Pope and Tom Heaton were at Burnley when Sean Dice was in charge. So Pickford could become a very good FPL goalkeeper between now and the end of the season. Tarkowski at 4.2, I think is going to be in a lot of teams and I can see myself buying him in game 25. If you've got Patterson like me, I think you hold him now and you hope he plays one of the two games in 25 or you know best case scenario he gets two starts but I think that's unlikely with Seamus Coleman there at Wolves Kelman's 4.3 he's absolutely fine as in you know a bench player and someone you use in 25 might be worth paying the extra 0.5 for Craig Dawson who is a goal threat and always has been got a goal on his Wolves debut and likewise with Patterson if you've got Bueno who didn't start the last game I think you just keep him and you just hope for the best and you hope he gets some minutes in game week 25 Final question for the Friday pod is from FPL Crusader who says, I'm seeing a lot of points hit talk for the double slash blank in 25. Is a free hit for that week easier than bringing in Wolves slash Everton players who we don't want long term? So I think for this question, it's very important to have a look at the bigger picture and what the FPL landscape looks like for the rest of the season. So again, go follow Ben Crellin, look at his graphics, look at his spreadsheet and it will make your decisions a lot easier over the next few weeks. So just to give you a heads up on what's happening in terms of blank game weeks and double game weeks. So we already know what's happening in 25. Some teams double, some teams blank. 
if you're very heavily loaded on Manchester United players, Newcastle players, Ivan Tony, Matoma, Estupinen, if you've got loads of them, if you've got seven, eight, nine of those players from those teams, you certainly can consider free hit for Gimme 25. But I think for most teams, it will make sense to just get through it as best you can, even if it only means having eight or nine players that week. And the free hit chip will be more powerful in a big blank week or a big double game week later. So very team dependent. I think there will be teams where there were some teams I was looking at today where I'm saying, you know what? Game week 25 actually does make sense for you to play your free hit chip. Again, if you've got loads of those players from the teams I mentioned. The overall landscape for later, just to keep in mind with free hit chip in your pocket, blank game week 28, there will be 10 teams who don't have a fixture that week, most likely. Also, blank game week 32, we're expecting, or Ben's expecting, about between four and eight teams not to have a game that week. So uh, so that's blank game week 28, blank game week 32. So possible opportunities to play a free hitch up there. Or you play it aggressively in a double game week. So looking ahead, Ben's projections again. Double game week 29, likely to have 10 plus teams who have two fixtures. Double game week 34, eight plus teams likely to have two games. And double game week 37, six plus teams likely to have a double game week. So keep all that in mind with your free hit chip. Weigh it up, game week 25 versus later. Again, like I said, most scenarios will just need to just try and get through game week 25 with less than 11 players. Uh, but for some teams, like I said, if you're very, very short of players, it might be viable to use the chip that game week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Captaincy and triple captaincy, as well as transfer thoughts now to end today's episode. In terms of captaincy, I think it's got to be an Arsenal or a Manchester City player when they've got two games, so I haven't even noted down any single game we captains here. Haaland will be my captain at home to Villa, away to Arsenal. If you've got triple captain, I would probably play it on Haaland this game week. De Bruyne is an option. I do expect him to start both games after he was on the bench for the last one, but there's always that slight niggle. Is there something going on in the background that we don't know about? Is that why he was on the bench? So I do think Haaland over De Bruyne for the captaincy. At Arsenal, Saka. If you're captain an Arsenal player, I think Saka is probably the one I would go for. But Odegaard and Nketia, I think, are very good candidates as well. In terms of my transfer thoughts, I've got two free transfers. Haven't made any moves yet. My initial plan was Bruno back to De Bruyne this week, having done the opposite for the last game week. I think I'm going to stick to the plan. I think I'm going to go Bruno back to De Bruyne. And with a second free transfer, I'm looking at Martinelli, who I've got concerns about now with Trossard always an option. I, you know, Arsenal have five games in the next three game weeks, and I would expect Trossard to get one or two starts. I think the most likely player to miss out is probably Martinelli. So I'm going to use this opportunity to get a player I've wanted to get for weeks in Odegaard. So I'm probably looking at Bruno to De Bruyne, Martinelli to Odegaard with two free transfers. I'm also tempted by a minus four. It would be either Luke Shaw out for a city defender, Aki or a Kanji. 
or else Almiron out for a gamble on Grealish. I can't afford Mares if I take that gamble. But at the time of recording, Friday afternoon, most likely two free transfers, probably won't take a hit. Just go in with two Manchester City assets. So if I do that, the starting eleven would be Kepa, a back four of White, Botman, Trippier, Shaw, midfield four, De Bruyne, Odegaard, Saka and Rashford, and front two of Haaland, Captain and Harry Kane. Best of luck for the Double Game Week, folks, and have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday to look back on the weekend's action and also look ahead to Game Week 24. If you've been enjoying the podcast this season, you can support me at patreon.com forward slash FPL General. Or if Patreon is not your thing, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Wishing you all a big green arrow this weekend, and I'll talk to you again next week. The Athletic.